0: Introducing Mr. Kawada himself, my dad. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening. How are you listening? This is Quantum of History. I am your host, Donnie Waldron. It is good to be back behind the microphone. It's been a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, I'll be probably on another hiatus. I've got one more episode coming up with uh, Bud West coming up, and after that, it probably be, won't be till December. Uh, so busy, but it, what has happened? Is anything? has anything been going on lately? Anything? Hey, any, any news? any uh i don't know anybody think anybody catch you get anything good on netflix i know that squid game thing is out or whatever oh oh yes we had that movie that finally came out oh what was it called um uh oh yes no time to die finally came out we finally got to see it and uh wow wow so this is the this is a spoiler review please please if you haven't seen it uh shut it off shut this off spoiler 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 i can't say it enough please this is a spoiler review i am going to spoil uh it if you have not seen it before so last warning if you haven't seen it turn this off spoiler alert with that being said let's get into it uh let's get into first the, the hoopla that went into this it was great to see how many people actually got to go to royal Albert hall had to go to press screenings really uh it was it was very cool to see how many people got to do those special experiences I know Omega did some stuff and NPL did some stuff and a lot of people got to participate in a lot of cool stuff I uh, can't say it didn't suck a little bit to be to be not invited to anything uh, but again nothing I'm just a minnow I'm a nobody in the uh, bond community so it's the goals for next time um you know hopefully maybe next time get something but uh, it was really cool to see everybody that, that actually got to participate in those things. Um, big congratulations to David Zaretsky to land the two big interviews of Kerry Fukunaga and uh, Daniel Craig. More than anything, it, it's really cool when you see somebody that uh, worked his ass off and got the rewards for that. You you see it, you see how much he's worked and all the things that you see on there, you, you don't even get to see how much actually goes into it. So very cool to see one of our you know, somebody we know got to, to climb the mountain. And more than it just being a Daniel Craig interview or a Kerry Funaga, it's just very cool to see when somebody works hard about their passion and then their passion and their hard work, uh, they get to reap the rewards of that. So congratulations, to David Zersky on that. And congrats to everybody that got invited to the, those early press screenings. That was very cool. So uh, happy to see everybody got to do that. On another note, what I got to do is I put together, I really, it was a team effort, but I I kind of took the lead on to put it together, but, you know, it helps with Jason Kim and Bud West and Ray from uh, the Bond Armory. Uh, we got to get a, a gathering here in Baltimore and it ended up being close to 20 of us by the time we're done with everybody. And it was just a fantastic way to see the movie for the first time, be surrounded by Bond fans, be really great people. We had an amazing time. We got to do drinks before, drinks after, and uh, we were able to get some drinks in the movie theater, too. So it was it was a really great time. And I can't tell you that, you know, for as much as I would have wanted to be um, at some of these premieres or press releases or anything like that, just as an acknowledgment of what you do. But as far as the viewing experience, you can't beat being with close friends, all Bond fans, all from over the country, coming together to watch it for the first time for drinks and uh movie and then more uh paloma drinks afterwards as we found a uh fun little banditos bar and they actually had the paloma drink so it was very exciting that we got to have all that it was just a fantastic thing so thanks to everybody that came and uh it was just again that's if you're gonna see it the best optimum way to view it is with friends surrounded by friends and uh with other bond fans who are friends too it was just a fantastic uh, event that being said what you're all here for right you're all here to hear exactly what the the review of the movie is and i thought about it a lot i've seen it now twice i brought my son to go see it today and that was also another special experience because you never know what ex- what's actually going to happen right i mean me and him have seen we do bond movie night every once in a while he's probably seen 15 20 of them it's just our special bonding time too and you never know when the next one's going to be you never know what the next one's going to be like look at how what happened this time so it was very excited to bring him there and uh we had a great time just <laughs> just a really good time it was fun for him i bet him ten dollars that if he didn't like the movie uh i would give him ten dollars and at the end of the movie he looks at me and goes okay dad uh i'll knock it down to five i like the movie so <laughs> my son uh enjoyed the movie That being said, did I enjoy the movie? What did I like about the movie? Well, diving into this, I'm going to bring this movie down into four, I think, sections that really, really, I think, explain my thoughts on the movie very well. One, what the good parts were. There are the good, the bad, the awesome, and the good riddance. Okay? I'll repeat this one more time. This is how I view the movie. There are four feelings I have. There are good parts, bad parts, awesome parts... And good riddance. Alright, and I'm gonna explain all that stuff and I'll explain at the end my overall where I would put the movie and how much I liked it and uh we'll go from there. We'll start from the good. Good soundtrack. Good, not great, not awesome. I actually enjoyed it. I had it about a three out of five because I bought it before I I listened to it a bunch before I actually went into the movie theater and saw it. It was a three out of five for me. I didn't think it had a standout track. I didn't think it was, didn't have any tracks that I was like, oh my God, this is Hans Zimmer at his finest, right? And then I got to think about it and I thought, well, you know what, with all those hooks that he does and all those other ones, he doesn't, he gets to start from scratch. This is the Bond and the Bond theme is the hook. So then I, I, I looked at it a little nicer and then I liked the Bombastic, all right? I really enjoy all Hans Zimmer stuff. I like the, the the thumping and the intensity and the, the, the rawness of a Hans Zimmer. So I actually enjoy it and actually after I've seen the, the movie I'm going to bump it up to like a four out of five. So almost very good. I enjoy it. There's a couple of standout tracks for me. The Matera, the Cuba chase, the Norway chase, I kind of like. It has like a God of War theme to it. All good parts. So the soundtrack is going to go in the good category good not great i know some people hated it some people really 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 hated it i enjoy that style so i think it's skewed for what i think because i really enjoy it. i love the man of steel soundtrack i actually bought that one i love that stuff so i really like what Hans number did good not great Saffin, good not great him himself his plot we're going to talk about it a little later that has two parts that are very conflicting but him himself rami malik his performance and his menacing and all that stuff he 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 teetered he teetered so i'll give him low good all right, i'm not going to quite put him as bad him himself not his plot not his overall thing he himself his portrayal what he did the way he moved his his mouth and that i'll, I'll give him a good i'm probably being a little generous i'm not going to give him anything more that's a low good madeline swan good not great. She was much better in this one. I still don't buy the chemistry between her and Craig. It's just it's not there. Even in this movie, I just felt like it wasn't there. And when Bond at the end is saying, "I, I you know how much he loves, and how she's the love of life," and I, when he went to her in Norway, I was i and there hasn't been a day that's gone by that I didn't love everything about you. What, what you, it just I don't buy it. And it feels forced and it felt like this is what Bond Craig really wanted to do and explore this part of falling in love. And he got stuck with Madeline. I just don't buy it. I don't think it was very good. And I never buy it their chemistry. And I buy it I don't buy any more in this movie than I did in Spectre. Her performance though, she did some cool stuff. She was kind of badass. Her storyline was good. The way they developed her, they gave her so much stuff to work with, and it's amazing. And Leia do really lucked out by getting the treatment that she got because I don't know if she necessarily deserved it. Good, not great. Q. Q bond relationship, that whole thing. It was, it was. This is more high good. I enjoy Q. I, I I enjoy what he's brought to the film. The parts where he got a little at the end wonky, where he's like Q vision or something like that, and he's got he can see the schematics and he knows where everything is, and all of a sudden. Again, it's too far-reaching for me. It's good. It's not great. Q was a little overdeveloped, and I'm—I I know we have to take liberties and for exposition and stuff like that. It's not that you can write it in a book; you have to tell it dur- during a film. So I understand what Q and what you need him for for the schematics and talking in the ear and all that stuff, just for easy plot line. But it's not going to be. It's not going to be where I want it to be. Last thing I'm going to put in the good category is the poison garden. I really hoped for more on this one. I love you only live twice the novel. I love it so much. It is my top two or three of all the Fleming novels. I absolutely love it. And I really was hoping they were going to do more with that with it. The poison garden, they underdeveloped it a lot. They underdeveloped it and I didn't understand why They say my dad had a poison garden and they very much did Chatterhand, um, but they didn't develop it. They didn't really, they they touched on it and they kind of flirted with the idea. They didn't go all into it. And I hope for a lot more out of that poison garden than what we got. It almost went into the bad category, but just the fact that they brought it and it was very beautifully shot, but it was very small to me. It didn't have anything of what the poison garden, the novel did. And overall if you're going to develop it and and talk about the plants and what it is i thought that for what i expected for what i'd hoped out of that poison garden they let me down but i still just the fact that it was there was so excited to see it i'm I'm just gonna put it in the good at least they tried let's go into the bad and there were quite a few bads on my part number one logan ash like what i was so disappointed when i saw the cuba scene and I saw them, his smile's too big, and you, you just instantly know, all right, well this guy's gonna double cross. This is he's clearly a double cross double agent. And I was like, This is just so overdone. It's just another one. They're gonna do it again. They're gonna do the Spectre in the room dance for the fifty millionth time. And sure enough, they did it. They did exactly that. They're in the room, the engineer, you're not gonna tell him, you're not gonna tell him, boom, shooting. Ugh, like you have done it so many times quit going to that well and his character but i will say the one the, if i'm going to say if i can identify a phoebe waller joke when he got called what's with the book of mormon that one million percent i'll bet i'll bet my <laughs> i'll bet my savings that that joke was written by phoebe Wallerbridge because you don't really see that kind of edge joke in a bond movie that had to be phoebe Wallerbridge. um but other than that his, his his death was unceremonious too. I guess it didn't have to be great. It had a little harken back to For Your Eyes Only, let the car come down. You know, I had a brother very much harken back to For Your Eyes Only, the way that he killed him. But uh, to me, that character was maybe my, maybe the worst part of the movie for me was that double cross. I was like, you're going to do it again. How many times? How many times? So maybe he's probably my worst but there's a couple more bad things I like. On that same front, Felix Leiter. I just don't like Jeffrey Wright as Felix Leiter. They tried a little better to make them bond Felix, more good buddies. They still can't get that right. They just cannot get that right from the novel. It would have to be... The way that he's in the novel is like Matthew McConaughey would be Felix Leiter. It just doesn't work. It, it, it just doesn't work. He doesn't have that same vibe. They made a little more to it. But as he dies and... The way that jeffrey wright plays felix it just doesn't work for me i just don't like him as felix i never have i haven't liked him in casino royale i didn't like him in, in quantum and i really didn't like him in this one either just not my favorite felix i i don't even like what the bonds except for jack, jack lord other than that they've been terrible with felix lighter and jeffrey wright was just one of the ones that are just bad with it lashana lynch i didn't like her as an actress i didn't like her delivery i was okay with what they did uh what, what, what they were trying to do with it i just thought her on the jokes wasn't good her action was very as far as you watch the way she handles the guns you watch the way she handles that i understand it's a movie just really poor just very poor acting i didn't think her jokes were good i didn't think her banter was very good from what i had heard what Lashana Lynch was supposed to be, they cut a ton. And I'll explain that more. Shout out to my my buddy Sal from Spider Unlimited. He had told me this plot a long time ago and he said that they went back and forth and they cut the hell out of Lashana Lynch's character, which you can kind of see where it doesn't look like, it looks like there was more to what they tried to do with it and then they dropped it off at the end. So Lashana Lynch, I just didn't like her as an actress I didn't like her portrayal I didn't like the way they used her I didn't like her body movements either it was, it was clunky just Michelle Lynch just didn't do it for me so she goes into the bad bad Saffin's world ending plot my okay I get you up until the end if you want to be anti Spectre you want to do all this other stuff you're getting revenge on Mr. White your parents were killed revenge great why did you want to kill the rest of the world he kept using the word tidy which i really enjoyed that's another live you only live twice reference from the novel when he gets to the he gets to the monologue with blowfield after he finds out he's shatterhand they use the word tidy a bunch in that whole thing so it was really cool to see that word specifically because it has a very poignant meaning in the novel to hear them use just things things a little tidier very cool to see that but the actual why am i believing this I again you, you, you shortchanged me you, you sent this character and you played him all the way up until the end his, his plot was against specter and then right at the end you're like all right well we need our big ending we need to get this ending here uh also he wants to kill the world i just why am i taking that leap what is his advantage because up and then he's very controlled he's very everything is meticulously planned out in order to go for blowfield he's not after money he doesn't have this vengeance against the world there's really not much more except for the fact that he doesn't like specter and he's an anti specter to all of a sudden towards the end not explain why he wants to get rid of half the population to tidy the world up I I don't you're not going to be able to get I'm not taking that leap with you I don't understand it and you didn't develop it enough for me to buy and I know you you filled it in with hey we're going to sell out the tanks are coming all this of stuff you still don't explain to me why he didn't seem like he was after money the entire time It it didn't work for me and especially letting the daughter go, maybe that was again a harken back to when he let Madeline go. But he was in love with Madeline, I guess is the thing. So he lets Madeline go as a child, and then feels like he's in love with her, and then wants to be with her. And he'll raise the child if not. But if not, Matilda can go and go off into it. Just I, I they they really fell apart at the island. Saffin's character, they just they didn't know where they wanted to go with him and they, instead they let it fall into it, they just fit, let that character fall apart and hope that the rest of the scene carried it and people didn't ask too many questions as they went and that's probably what most people are doing but here in the bond community we're like all right well what did that actually mean i don't understand any of this so i fell that into the very bad very bad y- 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 i'll enjoy the plot about the specter you lost me uh once you started doing that all right i'm gonna kill all these people why why i don't get it another bad for me was m m was awful in this movie i did i didn't like him inspector his best performance was definitely in skyfall and even then i wasn't in love with it specter was bad and this he keeps getting worse Uh, i would say that he was the best in skyfall he was better inspector than this one this m the ralph finds his portrayal of m and what they're doing and what it's just awful I don't get it. I don't get what they're trying to do with him. Are they going to try to make him gruff, anti? I guess they kind of stuck with this guy's just anti Bond or anti that or just kind of a just kind of a dick. More than anything, M M-M, very weak for me. Blowfield super weak in this movie. The way that they killed Blowfield with the perfume. I have, the perfumes on, la seduce wrist and then Bond grabs the wrist and then chokes and he's he like blowfield and then comes back to life. He's like all right, never mind. And then the nanobots get him. That was No Time to Die is a prisoner of Specter in many ways. The movie Specter, not the organization, the movie No Time to Die is a prisoner of Specter in many ways, and one of them is what to do with Blowfield and I think you just you wasted Blowfield. I guess that's just, I don't want to pay Christoph Waltz what he's going to require to actually do something in this movie. So we're going to pay for him to come in for one day, do some lines. They probably got his entire part of the movie. They probably shot it in one day. I bet you they took a 16 hour day and just hammered it out and they never saw Christoph Waltz again. He he left with a wheelbarrow full of cash for that. Just, I just, Blowfield was never a great character. In the movies, in the book, he's a great character. What I love about the books is that Blofeld doesn't really care about Bond. Bond is a nuisance that keeps coming after him. Bond could not. Blofeld doesn't give a shit about Bond. The fact that he just keeps coming after him is just an annoyance more than anything. And in this movie incarnation, Blofeld is obsessed with Bond, which is to me much less interesting. I, I you know, it was more important when Thanos didn't care or when all the mega villains don't care about that it, this felt i it's just not doing it for me I, they just oh, they oh, the thing with Blo- B- blowfield being obsessed with bond while running the most lucrative spy agency <laughs> secret agency in the uh criminal agency in the in the world you're gonna have to do better I, I, why was he gonna do all this stuff and be a criminal mastermind you can't you you're gonna be singularly focused on one thing. You can't have all those things and be the best. To me, it's way more interesting to have Blowfield just be so singularly focused on being the best crime boss than it is to be Blowfield's brother and all that stuff. And they touched upon it. At least they touched upon it. They uh, at least they're not real brothers, <laughs> you know. But again, Blowfield goes in the bad category. Another, right next to uh, Logan Ash Betrayal, the Member Berries. If you guys don't know what Member Berries are, Member Berries, if you haven't seen the South Park episode, use two what Member Berries are uh, from South Park, and you'll understand what it is. But there are way too many Member Berries, especially with the score, which I didn't understand why when M and Bond are talking, why did they have the Honor Majesty's Secret Service score there? I had heard it when I bought this car. I'm like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Maybe George Lazen maybe makes an appearance. Maybe there's something about Piz Gloria. Maybe there's something crazy. Uh, no, you just, you mentioned we have all the time in the world twice. And okay, that's it. That's, you're going to give me the member berries for that. And especially because that scene, I was, it was very distracting more than anything. I was like, all right, well, what's the payoff for this? And it, there was no payoff. It was just very distracting. To me, I took me out of the scene for a second, and it r- reminds me of when they were talking about in Skyfall. They wanted Sean Connery to be um, at the end at the house, and they said this, they decided against it because they said it would be too distracting. And at first, I was like, "Oh man, why would be so? It would be so awesome to see Sean Connery in that." And then after seeing this movie, No Time to Die, and just the film score took me out of the, just the sound of the, just, just the sound of Honor and Her Majesty's Secret Service took me out of the storyline. And brought me to where am I looking for the payoff? So I'm very glad in Skyfall they went with somebody not Sean Connery. Even though you see the the thing is written for Sean Connery, I really do enjoy the fact that they didn't do that because it did take me out of the. It would have taken me out of that Skyfall, which is a fantastic movie, and it just reinforces that when I saw this movie and I heard the On Her Majesty's played there, I was again waiting for the payoff and there was no payoff. So stop with the member berries. The little small ones were cool seeing the picture of M was or Judy Dench or in Bernard. That was kind of cool, I guess. Didn't need to be there. Didn't, I don't think it added too much to the story. I, again, I think it took me out of the story more than anything. Didn't need to be there. And to me, didn't need to be there. I was, I was good not having them there. The ski, the kind of the coolest part, if you're going to put the, the skis roger moore skis when he takes the aston martin out of the garage that was kind of cool the dog was there from judy dench that was kind of cool other than that there was the member berries too many member berries they fell victim to that and it's just playing service that doesn't need to be there on to the awesome the awesome the stunts the action my god Uh, i really love the pre-title sequence all the action there with the with the bike, with the DB5, the Gatling, and what an intense scene! That was my favorite scene in the entire movie, I think. With the, especially if you get to see it in IMAX, where he's where he's coming up and boom, 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 boom. you hear the the shots hitting the the glass, and the glass is inching forward as it keeps getting hit, and Bond just standing there stoically, and Leia Sadu is like James, James, what are you gonna do? And you just hear. It, and it just sounds so intense in the movie theater and you can feel the heat. And then he's like, all right, okay. And then he just clicks the button and just goes for it and just go, clicks in the bond mode. Amazing. Amazing. I loved that. I loved the entire pre-title sequence. The Norway was menacing the way that Safin comes in and goes, is Mr. White home? It was so good. That whole part really loved it. I really loved the Norway gun battle. The, 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 car chase was underwhelming they're in the field they're going through it felt like they had an idea of what they wanted it to do and it just never quite came how they imagined it so then they just drove him into the forest and all those cars and motorcycles that were chasing him fell by the wayside he was just able to park real quick it didn't come it was underwhelming and clearly they had a vision and it didn't work out so they had to do the best that they could that being said, after the car chase, the gun battle and everything he did there and the distractions and the, the tightrope and all that stuff, really great, really brutal, like very badass, and that was absolutely awesome to see. Cinematography, oh my God, gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous film, everything. Even at the end of the scene when he's standing there stoically and the missiles are coming and everything, it's just such a beautifully shot movie the set pieces were amazing this again cinematography the images the style really great sartorially we saw everything uh i would say doesn't even come close to the quantum style the casino style is better uh stylistically i think that daniel craig kind of went off you know nothing as bad as the specter um those those jeans and that Tom Ford jacket and that was the worst outfit I've ever seen. Other than that, Satorily, Spectre and, and No Time to Die kind of go way down in the bottom for me. It wasn't that great, but the cinematography and the style, amazing. And de the Armas was amazing. Uh she's so charming. She was so good in this film, and how they played her was a nice bright spot. And otherwise. D- dreary movie at times so she was the one like charming bright positive light in this movie and we just you just you just wish you had more you just wish you had more Anna and I hope you know you're never gonna bring her back but if she ever did it would be a welcome surprise and welcome delight that she became more the new Felix (laughs) than anything else but she was fantastic in the movie and I wish that she could have been more Another awesome part was Saffin's monologue. Good and bad, for good or worse. There were some weak parts, but what I always say in this podcast is James Bond is five minutes in the future, five minutes in the past. And his speech about how people don't really want free will. They want control and I am the secret God, God under their skin. That was so prophetic for what we've seen. I'm not trying to get into all that stuff now. But for me, just the fact that that came out before this pandemic and his whole point was people actually, you they all think they want free will, but they don't. And when you take it from them and you tell them what to do and you become their God, then that's what they want. Humans want to be controlled. That whole scene I loved and it spoke volumes about how sometimes the James Bond franchise just understands things uh, that other franchises just don't understand the paradigm of culture. So I loved that. And the stairs at the end of the fight. I mean, my God, when he just goes balls out and just badass, was great. It was absolutely great. Very, okay, ridiculous, yes, the way that he just tuk-tuk shoots everybody. Very uh, Pierce Brosnan at the end. But it was raw. It was powerful. It was cool. He used the watch to blow up the guy's eye. That was cool. That was all an awesome. I will give you that all day. Now, the good riddance part. This is probably the part that um, probably didn't know where I was going to go with this, but I will say lovingly in the most loving sense of the word, good riddance to Daniel Craig. Good riddance. And I mean that in the most respectful, loving way possible. Now, how do you have both? A lot of times with Bond actors, they stay... A one too long or one too few, right? Most of the time, it's one too long. Daniel Craig is leaving right at the right time. His fifth movie, if he does any more, it's going to be too many. And you don't want to leave a specter because you're like, all right, well, there's a lot of loose ends. Good riddance to the Craig era in general. It's done. It's over with. We have seen everything that you could possibly do with Bond for for Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig got treated like a king. Also, his movies were very lucrative at the Bosque office. That also helps. But he got treated like a king. He went, He got what he wanted. This movie clearly was Daniel Craig's. He wanted to come back. He wanted his ending. And I felt like this was very selfish ending for Daniel Craig. I think this was Daniel being more than Bond. And I mean this in that he wanted his ending selfishly how do wanted want to go with bond how do we want to remember it? and what he got was exactly what he wanted he is now the one that um the one that the one that died you know right he had he got his ending and he got his big bombastic hero ending i think that's what he wanted i think that's the whole reason he came for it to come back was to get that ending to get that jaw-dropping spectacular ending and they did it um but i just I'll get into the ending a little more, but for now, I'll just get into the good riddance parts of the things that I'm very glad are going to be gone. The 2010 to 2019 movie tropes, good riddance to all of them. The Iron Man dying, the Logan dying, the James Bond dying for the daughter, all these other things. Very glad that that movie trope of the 2010s to 2019 is over, plus the need to intertwine everything. I hope that that is over I don't think it will be. I think that that's kind of changed the way movies are. You can't just pop one another one in and start where you start anew. But I hope it does. I hope it goes away. But that movie trope, I hope, is good riddance. I I have to look at, when I judge this movie and the ending, I have to judge at how I looked at the Marvel endings because I don't really care about Marvel. Marvel, I've said on many times, Marvel is Applebee's to me. It's like a little chain restaurant to me. You get exactly what you wanted. You get fast food just shoved down your throat basically. You don't get that amazing experience, but you also get what you want at the end. And I had to look at how I watched when Iron Man died in Endgame. I was like, "Oh, that's kind of sad, but I don't really care about Iron Man." So I wasn't I wasn't gutted because I don't care about Iron Man. He doesn't do anything for me. I never liked him before. And the fact that Robbie Downer Jr. was good in that role doesn't change me to have any kind of emotional attachment to Iron Man. I was like, oh, they killed Iron Man. Uh, It's kind of sad, but that's cool. And I'm sure that a lot of people who watch James Bond and there's no time to die are going to have the same reaction. Like, oh, my God, damn, they killed James Bond. Well, uh, he'll be back. and Anyways, so I think that is I think that's why everyone that I've seen or everybody I talked to that isn't a James Bond fan that's seen it has loved the movie. And there's so many gut-wrenched Bond fans because we're so emotionally attached to it. We love James Bond so much and to see him die was was a gut punch. I get why they did it and I'm sure that most audiences who aren't die-hard James Bond fans are going to be like, oh, they did that. Well, they do that often. So hopefully this ends that whole trope that was going through uh, the 2010 to 2019. Good rinse to sad Bond. Please, come on. No more sad Bond. No more dark. No more feels Bond. No more I love you so much Bond. I just need I need a break from sad Bond. I need a break from Craig's Bond. And just good riddance. Good riddance. I don't want to see anything close to what Daniel Craig did for the next incarnation. I hope that the actor who gets it is like, no, I just want to have some fun. So... Good riddance to sad Bond. Good riddance to all the loose ends. Blowfield's dead. Felix is dead. Bond is dead. Everything about the Daniel Craig era is dead. Why is that good? It's a good reason because I think if the next person would have picked up after Spectre, there were so many loose ends after Spectre. And Spectre created No Time to Die. And all the garbage that was left from that script, all the garbage that was left from the last third of Spectre had to be cleaned up. And what do they do to no time to die? They just killed everybody. All right, you're not going to see it again. Don't ask it again. Don't ask for it. Everything's dead. There's no reason to even bring it up. Hey, what's going to happen? Is this going to come back? No, everybody's dead. Don't even ask for it. It's done. It's over with. There's going to be a new Felix. There's going to be a new Bond. There's going to be a, Blowfield's probably not coming back for a lot of years. Uh, th- there all those things are done. They're over with. 25 movies is done and over with. We are going to start all new. My friend uh, Jason Kim, who also put this out, they can only do it once. They can only do it once. They can only kill Bond once. You can't kill him more than once. So good riddance to the fact of trying to kill Bond. You did it one time. You did it in the 25th movie. You did it with Daniel Craig. You did it in No Time to Die. And if you're going to do it at any point, this was the movie to do it. That leads us to the ending. Oh, God. I am sure that many of you felt like I did, just gutted. I had I had had the movie spoiled for me for a while, the ending. The, I knew he was going to die. So I had that already spoiled. I already went into it. I knew it was going to happen. But even seeing it still and how they did it with giving him hope with doo-doo. And then he gets hit with Saffin, and gets the blood in him. So now he can't even hold his daughter or hold Madeline ever again. And him just saying, all right, well, that's it. And there's a really good acting movement acting movement with Daniel Craig when he accepts right as he kills Saf and he doesn't even really kill, he just disregards Saf and he just shoots him and kills him and whatever, dude. I'm, I'm done. I've, I've been through so much. I've fought so many villains. I've fought so many people in my life. You are just a blurp. But there's a realization that he gets. And here's how I took it, is that a lot of times James Bond has always thought he was going to get the happy ending he always had hope he was going to get that happy ending i mean there was times when he fell in love so many times in the craig era or he just and even in the books he does it a little bit he would look at a person and he'd be like, maybe i could settle down with you and it happens and then he's always disappointed and then the realization is that you are in a life where you don't get a happy ending you're never going to get that happy ending in the moment after he gets scratched and he realizes that he's never gonna get that happy ending, and he's climbing the ladder, he's asking Q, "This is this is it, right?" He's like, "Yeah, it never comes out." Uh, and he's just like, "I I know I I'm never gonna get my happy ending," but he accepts it and he's okay with it because he created, he helped create this beautiful little daughter, and that's gonna be enough for his life to have meaning is knowing that he did that and he did what he could and he saved humanity, he saved that and whatever happens happens at the end. But that was a, that was a good moment where you can see at least that again, that's how I took it as after he gets scratched, after he's bleeding, after he realizes exactly what he's been infected with, he realizes that happy endings don't happen for him and it was never going to happen. So he accepts it and then he's happy. He accepts his fate and then he dies. Uh, just, did they have to do it? No, they didn't have to do it. They did not have to end it like that. He could have got off, he could have done his cool bun and go off into the sunset, but they've done that a million times. And I think that Craig wanted to do something different. He's going to come back. If he was going to come back, if they were going to lure him out for this movie, They were going to have to do what he wanted to do. And he wanted to die. He wanted his hero moment. He wanted his once in a lifetime. He was the Bond that died. He wanted it. He got it. He probably saw Marvel and wanted his Robert Downey Jr. moment. And he got it. They gave it to him exactly how it was. Exactly how Robert Downey Jr. got it. I personally think it was selfish. And it wasn't. You don't want to see Bond go out like that. But I understand why he did it. And it gives the next Bond a set of free slate. You don't have to do anything else. You have, to, you have no baggage from Bond or from Craig's Bond. He's killed it all. His story arc is completely done. You are free to do whatever you want with that character now. Whatever you do with it is up to you. But the ending, I, I do like going out of a movie, enjoying what I saw or having a good feeling about what I saw. And I don't in that movie. And I don't have to search for sadness in my own life or anything like that. I don't want to see it there. To me, I hated the ending. But I understood it. And it was probably for the greater good for anything going forward. He, for Bond, if he's going to have life after this, he's dead. We move on and start it completely new. And now you're free. When you have nothing, you are free to do anything. Now, what do I think about the movie overall? Where do I put it? Where does it stand? How's it sitting with me? Overall, I've, I know I've criticized it a lot. Overall, I really didn't enjoy the movie. It was certainly not Casino Royale for me, and I don't think it was even Skyfall for me, but it's very close. I will put it right below that. I put it above Spectre and Quantum. Spectre clearly is going to be the worst movie of the Craig era. After seeing No Time to Die and seeing that specter was ruined its own movie and it ruined no time to die because they were left in such a hole that they couldn't dig out of if they were going to use craig again they had to do all these things so specter ruined two movies so specter is going to be the worst movie i like individual parts of specter the movie's gonna be the worst second worst is going to be quantum of solace which i actually enjoy but of the daniel craigs i'm going to put that one below no time to die no time to die a skull casino royale it, no Time to Die probably will crack the top 10 for me overall. It'll probably be around 9th, 10th for me of Best Bond movies, but I'll have to see it a couple more times. I'll have to see it on DVD and uh, see how I feel about it. But right now it's probably around 7 to 10, it's ranked 7 to 10. It's not going to break my top 10s right now. Maybe after a couple of years and a little less bitterness, it'll go up to more. But I think there's too many... There's too many things I don't like about the movie to ever touch my six to seven of the Pantheon of my perfect tens. So I'm going to put it just below that because again, there's too many things I don't like. I don't like, uh, i don't like the siphon's plot very well i really hate the the, the double cross from the do state department guy i don't like felix Leiter. i really don't like lashana lynch m bothers me and blowfield bothers me and way too many member berries so there's too many things i don't like about the movie to ever put it in my you know my top tens overall though really great i'm really happy to see it doing very well at the box office it's done over 300 million dollars in the first week it's been out That's incredible u.s audience was only about 56 million i looked at it and the demographics are about 36 percent over the age of 45 and from 35 to 45 another 30 percent so young people aren't going but i think that's very much to do still with pandemic culture in people under 35 in the united states people under 35 people over 35 are done with the virus they're just like going out and enjoying their lives weirdly it's the young people that still still wearing the mask still very much into being COVID they're still wearing whatever they're doing with it uh, so I think that's kind of the culture plus we were getting into streaming cultures these under 35s how easy it has been for them to just stream movies to bootleg them to do whatever that's We'll see. Because it really is a shame to see that in anything other than the IMAX. That movie was spectacular. Visual ride. To see it anywhere else besides the theater would be a shame. But we're looking at that and looking at the box office numbers as far as the, if it's not a superhero or big blockbuster film, those movies are all going to have to go to streaming. The art house film, all that stuff. You're not going to the theater to see that. And I was like that before the pandemic anyways. Why would I go? and spend $20 a ticket, and by the time you're done with everybody, you're spending $100 to go see a movie to see something that's not much more of a viewing experience than if I have it on my living room. No Time to Die is not that. No Time to Die needs to be seen in the theater. It is worth every penny to go to that theater and see it, and I'm sure you guys can all agree on that. That being said, I've been talking now for 45 minutes about this movie. I'm sure you're all sick of hearing me talk about this movie. But those were... It's a big deal. It's a big deal because it's been so long. This was such a long wait. It was such an experience. And I also got to see so much hoopla and got to see everybody do the the Royal Albert, the press releases. That was cool. Again, goal for me personally. Uh, I hope that I get to... I hope that i can keep doing this keep working you know certainly nothing's owed to me or entitled to me so i hope i can keep working keep doing what i do and hopefully it gets rewarded if it doesn't it is what it is because at the end of the day i got to go what did it get me it got me 20 friends i got to go to see it with on the actual opening day on october 8th so that was even better than what anything else could happen that being said this has been Quantum of History. This has been the No Time to Die review. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for supporting Bond. Thank you guys for supporting me, my channel, what I'm going through with uh, life and stuff. So I will be back hopefully in full throttle around December, and I'll take another break. But I'm very excited to bring a bunch more Quantum of History. Uh, have a nice reboot and get going again. Thank you guys so much. As always, stay positive out there. If you like what you saw? Then hit that subscribe button. Comment down below.
1: And leave a like
0: and and hit that subscribe button. Why are you not hitting that subscribe button? Hit that subscribe button. But I saw you there. Too much to bear. You were my life, but life is far away from fame Was I stupid to love you? Was I reckless to help? Was it obvious to everybody else?